1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. In 1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Hello and welcome to episode 237 of the 77 Club. Harry, start with the socials. The Wall 77 Club on Facebook and Instagram, at 77 Club Podcast and Twitter. Please subscribe on Spotify and subscribe on YouTube. Jack Williams is here. Hi. And back from the world's most exciting event known to man. It's 2,000 years in the making. It's Dan Bayliss. Hello. That's a uh, very weird segue that you, I've been at a work event for a Roman wall. <laughs> you, you've opened the Roman wall. How, how was it? Yeah, it was good. You know, it's been there 2000 years, but it's now free to the public. Yeah, just waiting for that to fall down because it's one of your projects. Um, Harry, <laughs> let's start with Luton. Um, they were pointless in the Premier League. They now have one point. Um, just where do you begin with that? And I, I think the starting eleven. Everyone was was pretty happy with it. It was unchanged from Liverpool, um, but they were chalk and cheese, I think, from the team that we saw against Liverpool compared to the one we saw against Luton. Exactly that, mate. I just can't believe how different the performance was. For 25 minutes, we got embarrassed by Luton. Um, They're a team that are going to go down. I know their fans get butt hurt when you say that, but it's true. They're rubbish. But they made us look absolutely terrible. They did. They, They played us off the park. They wanted it more. We had no fights. Huang was running out of the play with the ball. Aitnori was just letting it go out and we just didn't turn up. And I can't believe we played like that against Liverpool and did that against Luton. And Gary O'Neill, as usual, didn't notice that we were shite and decided to stick with it for ages. But when he did eventually change it, just before the sending off, it did help going to a five. But again, the PE teacher, tactically inept, obviously did no research on Luton and just threw out the same team again and it completely failed. Um, Dan, I'll, I'll pass you on and your thoughts of Mr O'Neill because it is certainly catching. I mean, the results are obviously not helping. Um, but, but what were your thoughts on Mr O'Neill's in-game management? Well, I think we've sort of discussed this over the last couple of weeks where another manager changes the tactics or formation and he doesn't know what to do and it just keeps happening. Like, I, Fair enough, the red card doesn't help things, but 
until that point, we were getting hammered. I think still we only had six or seven touches in their box the entire game. So, I don't know. Maybe the idea was to give them possession, wear them down and do them with a smash and grab, which nearly sort of worked. But still, we just... We used to be a second-half side, and now we're a no-half side. It's <laughs> it's just staggering the amount of goals we concede in, in games. And, I, you know, in the space of a week, we've been done by two championship sides, essentially. Very good point. Um, Jack, Bayliss mentioned the stat there, seven touches in the opposition box. I think that sort of tells its own story, although we were down to 10 men for the majority yeah. of the match. Yeah, the, the 10 men is a bit of a sort of a red herring though, I think, because we were rubbish before that. <laughs> so if you can't get out in the first 20 minutes or, or whatever it was until before the sending off, then um, then, then there's no hope. But that, that's just not good enough, is it really? Particularly going against a team that I know they're desperate to get off the mark. They're at home. It's only their second home game because of the construction going on at the stadium. Is that right? Is it Was it the second home game? I think, I think it was. Yeah, I think so. So, you know, the tails are going to be up. They're going to really want this. Going to look at this as a fixture that they can get something from. But at the same time, this is that's a chance for us. These are the teams that we should be should be beating, really. Otherwise, we are going to be dragged into a relegation battle again. And to just turn up in such a way that you only have a handful of touches in the opponent's box, it's 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 a miracle. We did score. And fair play to Neto, really, because he was feeding off scraps for that. And it was that goal was all his own making. Just perseverance, like the old Neto, really. It rings rings some sort of truths, some similarities with like his uh, goal at Southampton, really, where he's, he's he's got a bit physical towards the edge of the box and then cut inside and smashed it. So he's been a, he's been a bright spark lately. But I, overall, it's just just not good enough, really. Sending off, he uh, shouldn't do it. You know, you're not going to get away with it, are you? These days, the player, Luton player, rightly made a meal out of it, although there was nothing really in it. Um, but you know, you can't kick out like that. VR was going to pick it up. The one question I had about that, though, is I'm I'm not quite sure who, who did the referee see it in real time? Because watching it back, no. I don't think he did. So how did he how did he know that instantly that was a red card? Because from what because I could tell, the, okay, go the, on, go the Luton fans shouted really loud. That's why because that's, yeah, that's all he that... did all game. If the Luton fans shouted loud, he gave the decision that he was that kind that's... of referee. That's what baffled me because I w- watched it back a few times, and then from what I can tell, when when the kickout happens, he's basically at, at the other end of the, the penalty box, and the other linesman is there as well. The linesman on the far side is the only one who could have possibly seen it, and even then, he's on the, the side away from him. So I, I didn't quite understand that, but obviously VAR is never going to overturn that when there definitely is a kickout, no matter how soft it is. But overall, it's just a, just a depressing performance, wasn't it? Really, a depressing performance against a team where we should be going in, albeit after running out of steam a bit. The week before against Liverpool, we sh- we should be going into these games to go wanting to pick up points, and it just it just didn't happen. Well, Harry, it did just... happen. <laughs> it did happen. We got one point. <laughs> yeah, but we should be going there to win, is what I'm saying. Um, Harry, the penalty for Luton uh, for me, I don't know how it's been given. There were people um, digging out the rule book on Twitter and saying if a, if it deflects off someone's body part and hits their arm or their hand. Um, it's not a penalty, but I think does it boil down to the fact that Wolves were defending rather than attacking? Yeah, well, obviously the red card was huge. We 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 just changed to a back five at the time. We were slowly getting back into it. That red card's happened. Head, as Jack just mentioned, bad from Bellegarde, really naive. And then we get that goal out of nothing, like Jack said. All Neto, good ball from Gomez, to be fair, but Neto still had to nick the ball back off him. We get a goal. That was our first chance and we score it, which is like a minor miracle, really. We didn't deserve it at all. Luton had all the players that couldn't score. But then when we get the goal, I think to myself, right, we've got five at the back, just hold out for dear life. But then that, and, and we were doing okay, to be honest, at that point. Um, I thought, although Dawson had a bit of a howler first half where he needed to give them a goal, a bit of a mix up with Saar, but it was actually Dawson's fault this time. I actually think they defended well. We were looking like we were going to see it out. Luton didn't look like they were going to score at all, in my opinion. But then that happens and Look, I, at the time, I didn't really see it. And then when I saw the replay, my instant reaction to it was, that is going to be overturned because it flicks off his leg. It's flying away from goal and hits his arm. There's no way he can get his arm out of the way. But they, I just I couldn't believe it. Like, I can understand why the ref give it, but I couldn't believe VAR didn't overrule it. And I didn't know the rule before that. That was just my instinct at the time. And then when I saw that rule floating around on Twitter, which Gary O'Neill also had in his hand, because he said in the interview after I listened to it, he had the rules in his hand and he was showing he the fourth official. That's the thing, right? It is he the was rule. showing him. He 
and look, it flicks off the leg and it hits his arm. That, you're going to make the right decision, aren't you? He said, this is what I heard Gary O'Neill talking about it. The referee was like, no, his arm was in an unnatural position. They've got it wrong. It's as simple as that. It shouldn't be a penalty. How the hell is he meant to get his arm out of the way? But so in saying that, we didn't, win. we didn't deserve to win. We didn't deserve to draw. But we somehow did. Luton deserved to score. And although I'm really annoyed, and technically the rep, the officials now have stole three points off us now, that we should have got a draw at United for the Unana thing. We should have had two points more there. Although undeserved, we technically should have won 1-0. But the referees have done us again. But it's Let's weird about we didn't deserve we didn't deserve it. Hang about. So the thing that's been going around isn't the rule, as far as I understand it. It's just the guidance for this year. So it's sort mm. of what they're telling referees to do. I still agree. It's t- definitely not a penalty. There's nothing you can do there. But Telling them what to do and then them not doing it. Well, they're clearly not interpreting any of the rules well in any aspect of the game. and We've seen it multiple times. And it's not a penalty. But the thing that went around was a guidance thing. It wasn't the actual rule of football. Um, but then, like every referee I've seen have come out have said it shouldn't have been a penalty. Even Mike Dean. Yeah, I don't said think it. it should have been a penalty. It, it, it's not a penalty in that situation. You can't do anything about that if you're coming in to block a shot. If you hit him straight away and his hands up here, <laughs> fair enough. But uh, Paul in the comment section, is, 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 he stole my line actually because I was going to say Gabby's friend, uh, Harry's friend, Gabby Agbonlahor said it. It was definitely a penalty. So I think that's probably a good yardstick to use as to whether it was a penalty or not. And that says for me not. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's go back to the in-game management, though, Harry. Um, the substitutions made absolutely no sense to me. I, I just didn't understand Fuming. what he was trying to do. And, you know, half-time, eight, Nori comes off, Doty comes on, uh, and it, all of a sudden it seems like we had about nine right-backs going. I just, I just didn't understand it at all. Well, to be fair to the PE teacher, he changed it, but he changed it a bit too late, in my opinion. Like, after 10 minutes, you could see we were getting dominated. So we should have gone back to a back five earlier. He goes to a back five, makes the substitutions at half time. Doherty comes on left wing back. Um, eight Nori goes off. Obviously, Totti Gomez comes on. So he did the right thing. But then to bring on Babacar Troyore and Tommy Doyle, I understand he's trying to protect the draw. But why not bring on Fabio Silva or Sasa Kaladzic? Why not? The game was crying out for Sasha, though, wasn't it, Jack? <laughs> But the thing is, there seems to be a pattern of behaviour emerging here, and it's happened a few times already this season away from home. And we saw it basically at Crystal Palace. We've seen it in recent weeks where the substitutions he makes, doesn't matter who you're playing, he tries to hold on for what he's got, even when the expectation is we should be going for more against these teams. And even when you're down to 10 men, you need you need an outlet. You need a dominant a pass out there. Otherwise, the pressure is going to keep coming back and back and back at you. So it seems to be he needs to learn a bit quicker, which again, as a, as a Premier League manager, you can't be, take so long to react to these sorts of things. You need to be able to, the best managers can see what's happening on the pitch and change things as, as soon as they, they need to. Um, but he doesn't seem to know. And I, I read the thing, do you see the thing afterwards about the fact that, um, I don't know if this was true or not, but Huang didn't know what was going on with the formation. So somebody <laughs> had to go over, one of the one of the coaching staff had to go over and explain to him on the other side of the pitch on the sideline. And the Luton bench obviously got wind of that because he shouldn't be doing it apparently. And so that, that, just, that just goes to show that if you've got plan A and your players don't know what plan B is, how can you expect to go and win a football game? It's just it's just a, a bit all over the place. Um, just quickly, because I didn't say anything, anything on the penalty, but... It, it, it's just a shambles, isn't it, really? Because you think about it now, you think about the Man U decision at the start of the season, you think about that one yesterday, that's probably four points, really. There's a point we should have got at Man United and two points, more points we should have probably undeservedly got against Luton. And whether it's whether it's guidelines or whether it's rules, if the people there don't seem to know what's going on or, or, or they're not sure about it, then, then what's the point in putting all these things out saying this is the guideline to follow, this is the rule, this is what we're going to follow? But the people on the pitch don't know. And I honestly think the reason that they... Like Harry said, the reason that was given, and I, I don't uh, have a go at the ref for giving it in real time, was just because they they keep going, oh, arm in unnatural position, penalty, rather than thinking it through. And I think match of the day did something where they said the ball was played uh, played into him at point in point two of a second mm. from from the contact from the foot to the flick up. How is he supposed to react like that? Just because you're allowed to put your arms where you want to. You know, you're not allowed to just not use them or, or chop them off. You can put them up in the air, particularly when you're diving in for momentum. You need to. So I, I don't know what they're expecting, but it's just another case of just an absolute shambles. I'd love to hear the audio from that. 
Do you, yeah, do you know what made it worse out. as well, Jack? What made it even worse was the fact that it deflected off his leg, and if he didn't hit his arm, it flew out, like it had cleared out towards the halfway line. I could kind of a little bit understand if it was going to fly into the top corner and he blocked it. But the fact it was flying away from goal as well just makes it even worse for me. Like the the the, the one in the Arsenal Tottenham game, that although he couldn't react, that literally stopped it going into the net. So it's like a bit of a weird area, isn't it? They need to sort out. It seems, Dave Bayliss, it's a mixture of not implementing the rules properly and going with the on-field decision regardless. It again goes back to the arrogance of it, right? And then what's the point having the system if it's going to just side with an on-field decision? Uh, yeah. It's an absolute mess. I can't, I don't know a fan, a real football fan that likes it and wants to keep it. Everyone I speak to hates it. So I don't... Yeah, I agree. Well, speak. I've got some. Um, I've got press release through the other day, which is from Sports Lens, and they had some exclusive VAR specials, which is by twenty five twenty six season. VAR to be scrapped is eight to one. Audible explanations from VAR officials is seven to two. Stopping the clock for off the ball scenarios is ten to one, and VAR to be introduced to the rest of the EFL is sixteen to one. I mean, which one out of those do you think is the most likely to happen? Probably explain one, isn't it? The explain one, all the all the clock stopping. I mean, I think the EFL would would push back on this massively. It's it's popular it. amongst Premier League fans, and the fact they'd have to spend some of the clubs would have to spend quite a lot of money if they rolled it out to the whole whole you know uh, top three three leagues. That's a lot of infrastructure they're going to have to put in place and technology to spend on something which the fans won't want at that level. I mean, what what's what? How, how many of these games then on three o'clock on a Saturday would potentially be being VAR'd at the same time? They're going to need to like rent mm. out the rest of Stockley Park, aren't they? Just to, to cater <laughs> for. And, and then by that point, I mean, the standard of the referee is that bad now. Can you imagine what it's going to be like in League Two? Who are the morons that get to do those That's games right. if this is the cream of the crop <laughs> at the top? That's so I think might just, as well get us in there to do Accrington against Lincoln. So <laughs> just, just, um, sorry, just back on the games before we move on. I just want to say, um, O'Neill as well, after that game, said we deserve to win, which I thought was farcical him saying that. And also, I think we we haven't really touched on it much. We brushed over it. How good has Neto been the last three games? He's definitely found his his old form against Palace, Liverpool and Luton. He's definitely got back to his old form and we need him now because he's our only shot at the moment. Where will he go in January is the question. Arsenal, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think on the only the O'Neill thing, he's getting a bit mixed up himself with deserve to win and should have won from the position we were in or lucky mm. enough to find ourselves in. And they are very different because let's be honest, that that first that first half performance particularly yeah. was an absolute shambles. So if he if he just goes down the hallway and turns left, he can go into year six English, and then they can teach him forming sentences. I. <laughs> <laughs> I want to stick up for him a little bit because he obviously hasn't been there that long and hasn't had a pre-season and trying to get his point across and, and all these different things. But but Harry, is there a glimpse of hope? or Because it, it <laughs> well, we're going to talk about Ipswich now and his in-game management was beyond awful. Uh, do, do you think there's any hope for him? Because, you know, O'Neill out seems um, to be... the. I think most fans are saying, you know, that's it. He needs to go... And the other half he wanted to go are saying he can go, but who the hell do we bring in? I, I see a bit of both. Look, he hasn't had much time, but I, I'm before the last two games, I was in the camp of give him time. You know, I weren't really impressed with what I was seeing, really. His interviews, as I said, were a bit bizarre. But now, for me, he just lacks man management massively and he lacks tactical knowledge in-game and substitutions and the fact he's a bit deluded and now he's starting to blame what happened in the summer before he got there to try and make excuses for how bad it's been. And the and we're going to get onto Ipswich, but Ipswich, Palace, Liverpool, Brighton, every single game, no, no matter if it's the reserves or the first team, they crumble and they just give up and there's no fight and no passion. And that is worrying, especially if we're in a relegation battle. I mean, we always hark back to that Manchester United game and I think we said at the time, was it a little bit of a hangover from Lopetegui? And, and as each game goes by, 
it does seem to be the case, doesn't it, Jack? That there was maybe like they they just about remembered what Lopetegui taught them, and then it slowly banished. <laughs> that that's the worry, and I know we were joking about that at the start a little bit after a few games, but it's it's starting to seem a little bit like it it could be because you think Lopetegui went in the week before, or the preseason would have been under Lopetegui, under Lopetegui and his staff going to that game on on against Man United, which they'd have already been prepping for. <laughs> so it would have been Lopetegui's tactics, I think, prior to. O'Neill and his team coming in so yeah but it is it is worrying and I know we've had some good 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 in parts like the the performance against Liverpool was pretty good particularly in the first half obviously the the week before so there's been glimmers but like Harry says we keep fading and it's pointless being good at the start I mean we weren't good at the start against Luton we flipped it round but it's it's just it, it is starting to be a pattern and you think about the game we've only got three points on the board now I know arguably if VAR wasn't such a shambles, we would have a, a few more there and look a bit more comfortable. But the game we won, we were crap as well. Like, so this this is where it's starting to, to become a worry. And we've got Man City at the weekend. <laughs> in the same amount of um in the same amount of Premier League games, he now has got the same record as Steve Davis, who was also a caretaker manager. Also a PE teacher. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Ipswich. I mean Bayless went, you know, 15 minutes in, we're thinking this could be this could be five or six here. This is getting back in a good time. Hopefully they'll maybe get a little bit more confidence. Um, great start to the game. Can't fault it. I think in a, that game of football pretty much epitomises, epitomises Gary O'Neill. Wolves do all the right things, attack the game. Their manager makes one chain, you know, one tactical difference to try and get back into it. Gets back into it. No response from Wolves, 3-2 loss. So if we're doing that against a championship side and not a starting 11 championship side... The 11 changes they made, yeah. Every single Premier League team can do it, turn us over. I mean, he did nothing. He made some subs that... It, clearly, they can't want to play for him. Like no one, no one gives up that easily to on a sports pitch unless they don't want to play for the team that's there or at least the system management that's there. He, yeah, I mean, you only have to look at him and listen to him speak. He's just not a proper football manager. Mm. I mean, his experience is a bit of under 23 stuff, a coaching role at Bournemouth, just about scraped Bournemouth up and now he's going to come and take us down. So... I mean, I just don't get it. I don't get how that was the best candidate for the job. It wasn't, no, it wasn't about getting the best candidate, was it? It was getting Cheap. a yes man who would come in at short notice. And the only, when you're lowering your standards like that, the only people you're going to get are people of a lesser caliber than, than you're, the fans expect, really. Because, yeah, cheap option, short notice, happy to be a yes man, to have not be in control of transfers. And just come in and, and do as he's told, told and coach what he's given. And, you know, Fosen have a lot to answer for, really. Because you think back to probably the pod we did just before the season started. Like, I was I was really gutted about it because we're losing some of our best players. I know people say, oh, we've only lost Neves. But, you know, we lost some senior players as well and not properly replaced them at the time. And the only shining light I had was, I think, well, at least we got the manager. And then that was that was pulled out from under my feet just before the start of the season. And we had a little, whatever it was, a little little boost, I think, at the start. But again, whether that was a Lopetegui hangover, like you said, I don't know. But what's what's the what's the long term plan here? What's 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 Foston's plan with this? Because how long do they give him? How how long was his contract that he signed? Three years. Brilliant. Okay, um, so <laughs> that's that's just throwing money down the drain again, isn't it? Yeah. Um, just on, so- um, sorry, just back on the game because I want to pick up what Bailey said. I completely agree about the not wanting to play for him thing. Did you see Fabio Silva when he come on? Oh, he's hugging. He was hugging the- their players, uh, picking uh, them up. And in his interview with the Express and Star, he said he only stayed because of Lopetegui. It's it's a joke, isn't it? I think also. Just on the on the Ipswich game, just for a second, uh, I will eat my words on Dan Bentley because uh, he did oh. not shower himself in glory <laughs> at all. Uh, Jose Sar for life. Harry, what do you? I mean, to be fair, the, the third one's a little bit of a worldie, but you could say his positioning's a little bit off. But I think I think he's got a hand in all three goals. To be honest, yeah, first one beat at the near post shouldn't be happening. Second one, 
horrendous. I could have saved that, and that's saying something. Third one, absolute bullet, but he was there. He was stood right underneath it. He should have got it. But yeah, I agree. I've been calling for Bentley to start. I've been calling for him to start, and I don't think he should now. Um, I'm just going to quickly roll over some positives. Huang scored again. That was good. I thought Sasha looked good the first 15 minutes. Sarabia may as well go back to PSG because he is <laughs> hopeless. I don't know what's the point in being here. And I thought Babacar Traore was all right. Apart from that, everyone else was horrendous. The new lad Santi Bueno was crap, although he nearly scored. Um, but yeah, like Bailey said, I think that's the main point out of last night's game. Not any of them players that they wanted to fight for a first-team place or wanted to fight for that manager because he is dull as dishwater. And at least Lopetegui, although he had not, had not, like pissed off a lot of players, a lot of players would have ran through, ran through brick walls for him because he's a good man-manager. Gary O'Neill's a PE teacher, a good head coach, couldn't man-manage a sardine. <laughs> <laughs> Good. The, the, the thing that really got me is I, I know everyone's saying that their their winning goal as it was was an absolute bullet but watch the build up to it because they play it out from the back it's which do they play it yeah, out they, from the back they get a little bit of a lucky break halfway through but they play it out yeah. from the back and pass us apart to create that chance and that's just disgraceful like you, you're, these give players up. here give up these, well, yeah, yeah, these, these players here should be fighting for a place in a you know, what, what people think or Fosen think should be a, at least a mid-table Premier League team. Some of them have featured a bit and have been on the verges. Some of them are just coming in and it was their first chance to make an impression. And they're, they're just second best to a team that I know have done, are doing all right in the Championship, but it was their second team as well. Yeah. So so that 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 you can say we made 10 changes, but so did they. So we've lost to a Championship team's mm. second string. And the main reason for that is particularly after being two goals up was just lack of wanting it, lack of desire, lack of effort. And, and th- that, former that's Wolves player Lee Evans ran the show to, to rub salt in the wounds. Who played for us in League One, was it? Yeah, he did, yeah. 67 games, I think he did over over five years, I think. He played for us in League One as well, didn't he? So, he, he uh, yeah, he was there for quite a while. Yeah. Obviously came through do the you, academy. Do you know what else baffled me as well? Is the fact he brought Nathan Fraser on before Fabio Silva. That was weird as well. Just the in-game management, isn't it? It's it's pathetic. And I, to be fair, the one player I thought did have a good game was Traore. I thought he yeah. looked decent. Um, but Cunha, I don't know why it's not working for him. He just has absolutely nothing. And, you know, he's getting caught offside or silly fouls against a, a team that have just got promoted from League One last year. Mm, yeah. Harry's quite a big, uh, I think, was quite a big Kuna fan, wasn't weren't you, at the start of the season, I thought. Yeah, I, I still think he's brilliant when he's not trying to score. Um, I thought that's a good point for Paul Somerset. Gonzalez, why not give him a start? The thing is, I think I I see that transfer as a cheaper version of Fabio Silva. You know, he's, what, 18 <laughs> years old, no experience in England. Just, he, he, he yeah. won't be ready. He won't be ready. Uh, sorry, just on Cunha as well. I thought he was he was non-existent against Luton as well. So And then he come on yeah. against Ipswich and was non-existent. So... It, I don't know, 40-odd million pounds. He's got to rough his game. But maybe he's annoyed with Gary O'Neill. Maybe he don't want to play for him either. So I'll go back to my question then. What's, what's the plan here? What do we do? What do Fosun do? What's what they do are just crossing, wait until, like They are crossing every part of their body that we come 17th. They're just praying for it. What do you think that would happen? I don't see right. it happening. It, we don't we're, banking, it. we're banking on three teams being worse than us rather than us being good enough to stay up at the moment. And if well, you want to do that, you need to beat Luton. <laughs> so, yeah. Look at the points that we've actually got. We probably didn't deserve it against Luton. We got played off the park against Luton. And the Everton game, how Everton didn't score three or four, I've got no idea. Yeah. I mean, Shows I saw. we deserved a draw against Man U. But apart from that, we don't yeah. deserve anything really, have we? Oh, I mean, Mark Rhodes is asking. Oh, hello, Mark Rhodes. Um. Mm. Ask a question, who would you bring in? Warnock. It's got to be Warnock. I'm sorry. Oh, the time's come. Get him in. <laughs> Just what? purely for the soundboard, mate. Purely that's, for the a, soundboard. that's a very good point because I haven't used that soundboard for ages. Everyone's saying um, uh, the old Brighton manager, I think, what is his name? Get escape Potter. So remind me. Potter. 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 But he, he, he's too much money. They want to get a cheap option, don't they? they can't Rob Edwards. <laughs> the thing is, the most frustrating thing is they've, they've spent what must be over ten million pounds getting rid of Lopetegui has to be just because of, of what mm-hmm. wages he was on and his backroom staff. You then give Gary O'Neill a three-year deal, and you're going to sack him what ten games? We could have had anybody for that amount of money. 
anybody. So I don't know why the money is even being right. called into question. These are decisions that were made, what, four or five weeks ago? Hmm. I just don't understand it. I just don't understand You know, you've got to call out as well, who's someone I praised over and over again. You've got to call out Matt Hobbs because he was the one who chose Gary O'Neill. But chose chose him from what list though? Like this this is the thing because when you're working with such you know, tight parameters, then yeah, I, I I mean the fact they only had one interview for that position because of the time pressures really. That's they wanted somebody in before the start of the season, didn't they? Because it was a very unwelcome situation they found themselves in. But for a job like that, if they did only actually have one interview, that's you know, that's I mean, an area given, to given... improve. Given how Wolves recruitment's gone in the last few years, the two other options were the bloke that cleans the toilets and Rolf Harris. Like, <laughs> what? Well, Rolf clearly, Harris. no one, no one is going to want to come to Wolves. No one's going to want to come to Wolves. A terrible side. who have just lost their manager. I bet the list was non-existent. Right? Who, who else would have been on that list? You tell me. Probably not Rolf me. Harris. I'll be honest. With you. <laughs> I was picking two people that out of fresh air, and then I thought. I can't go too rogue, so I'll go wrong. No, Harris. let's be honest. A lot of people would want the Wolves job, but a lot of people like Gary O'Neill would want it. Top managers wouldn't touch it. No, no good manager would want it. It was a poison chalice. Mm. It was a poison chalice. All the good players are gone. It was clear the owners wanted to sell up and get some money back out of it. It was an FFP trouble. And at the same time, they'd literally just... Lopetegui walked away. I... That list, they'd have said, oh, we interviewed some candidates. The candidates would have been the first three people they dragged off the street that had some coaching badges, and then Gary O'Neill. That was it. I'd love to be proven wrong, but the club will never say, will they? Um, we didn't interview anybody. It's so clear now, because look at the mess we're in. Yeah, as, as doom and gloom as it is, I think the only option we've got, again, which is, I'll say it through gritted teeth because it's hard to do, We've still just got to get behind him, but it's so hard to do with what we're watching, isn't it? We've got no I'm not choice. getting behind that. <laughs> I saw a meme the other day, and it was like how excited I am to watch my football team, and it's like literally Monday to Saturday morning, and then you want to kill yourself for ninety minutes, and then just be sad for the rest of the weekend. And I thought that actually sums it up because I've been actually been—I don't know why—but I've actually been quite excited this season and looking forward to playing. And then I have to watch that shower of shit, and I just don't yeah. know if I even want to do it anymore, whether I can do it anymore. Harry, what can we do to make it better? <laughs> um, what really I will say can't. is I blame all the people that hounded Nuno out because we had it so good with him. And even when it was shit, we finished 14th and we were devastated with 14th. God, how good did we have it? Even when it was boring in lockdown, how good did we have it? We're all a, we're all, it's all, we're all a genius in hindsight, but I was gutted when he left. So all you people who wanted Nuno out, hang your head in shame. It's your fault. <laughs> I also, I love, I love a lot on Twitter. It's popping up now, and people are like, "Oh, we need to get Nuno back." Nuno's winning the Saudi Arabian Money League. He's, you know, his, team, <laughs> his team won it last season. He's not going to want to come back here. He's going to be on the mega books now. <laughs> you know, he's got like Kante in his, his side. He's not going <laughs> yeah. no, yeah, to come back true. here. How do we get behind it though? Because I can't think of a time this bad at watching Wolves play football, not in terms of results, watching Wolves play football is, and since Glenn Hollow. Double relegation? I think that's up there. Yeah, that was terrible, but I still don't think the football was as bad as this. It was. <laughs> it was pretty shit, yeah. It <laughs> was terrible. very shit. It was very Under shit. Under Saunders, it was like watching oh God, fucking hell, I don't know. Actually, yeah, sorry. God, Dean Saunders, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. He's available. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else from Talksport? So, so when when you say we have to stick with him and get behind him, which I get. So, if we lose to Man City, which we will, if we lose to Villa, Sacks, will. I think he's gone. I think he's gone. I think if he loses the next two, he's gone. Well, then then we got Bournemouth after that. So, I think if he I loses those yeah. next three, no chance. But well, yeah, I think if we lose to Bournemouth, then then he's gone. Here's but one you for think, you think? Do you think we're not expected to beat Man City? We're not expected to beat Villa at the moment, let's be brutally honest. I know we have a good record no, against them at home. No, but, no, but that's the thing, but... sorry to put in, Bayless. Our start to the season has been pretty difficult on paper, but still, we True. should have more points than we've got. Fucking Gary O'Neill couldn't beat a beast paper. <laughs> he'll, give you, he'll give you one to do some lines on, and it's, that's about here's, it. Here's one for you, right? What odds right now is O'Neill to be the next manager to be sacked? I don't know, mate. I ain't got Eight sky that up, but I'm sure Pretty it's Pretty short. You can get 14 to 1 with Paddy Power. 
That is free. Really? Forty right now. I've just looked on the app. Paddy Power well, you can get fourteen to one. But who else? Who's favourite? Who else might go first? Yeah, the Sheffield um, United, United management. Yeah, or Heckenbottom. Yeah. You know, Two you one. know what? As well, I know we're going to get onto the Man City preview, but I know for a fact we're going to have like a worldy first half again, like against Liverpool. Something weird's going to happen. I'd feel better about it if they didn't put eight away past Sheffield United last game out. That's, you know, that's just... Newcastle. Oh, that's that's Newcastle. Newcastle. <laughs> I confused myself. It'd be twelve then, wouldn't it? Playing City uh yeah um well let, let's talk about city um to be fair harry we were talking um about how many touches wolves had had in the opposition box against luton and it was seven uh, and city managed to have nine against i think it was who did they play at the weekend forest the forest they were playing the weekend um so they don't get that many touches in the opposition box but they take their chances and erling harland versus Craig Dawson in the form he's in at the moment. It's just not something I really want to think about, to be honest. Oh, man. It's. But the only. I'm going to try and be positive. I don't think they've got the big lad in the middle. Have they? Rodri's out. They've got a few other the players out, but God, they don't matter who they've got out, does it? I mean, we couldn't even beat Ipswich Reserves. We, you know, we ain't, we ain't going to beat Man City with a few of their backups sprinkled in, are we? Um, it could be, depending on how up for it we are, it could be a Newcastle Sheffield United job, this. I'm not. Being, I'm not even as over-exaggerating either with the way we defended this season. If Brighton can put four past us, if Crystal Palace can put three past us, Man City, if they're on it, they could easily put eight past us. And that ain't even an exaggeration. I mean, they did five under Lopetegui, so... Yeah. <laughs> at, least, at least De Bruyne is injured. At least De Bruyne is injured. That's true. That's true. Um, Jack, uh, game for Nunes? Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that actually. Um, <laughs> potentially, I mean, maybe we're not giving Gary O'Neill enough credit here, and he'll he'll out out masterclass Pep on the day. But I just I just, I just, I just don't know what to say about it really because it's just under Nuno. And talk about Nuno again. I'm sorry, but I honestly thought that we could win points against anybody. Yeah. But going into Saturday, it feels like we're a team who's just not last season. Maybe not this season, maybe not the season after, but we're just waiting to get relegated. And teams like that just turn over in these games, just get beaten, and it, eventually it happens. So that's my worry now, is that the fact that we just haven't got that that same sort of um, belief that we can go and take points from these games like we did. And we're def- I'll, I'll be shocked... It, 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 I'll be shocked if we even like have a, a good spell against City. To be honest with you, it's 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 one of those. But maybe I'm being negative, Dan. What do you think? Do you think we'll have a shot, Dan? <laughs> do you think we'll have one shot. I'm going to say we'll have more than one shot on uh, at the goal. It'll be towards the goal. I don't know where we'll be at. <laughs> in, in the general direction of the goal. Yeah, that way. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because it's true. Um, Harry's going to have to make at least one change. Uh, Belgard is obviously out for the next three. <laughs> yeah. So um, who, who comes in in his place? It'd be five at the back. It's got to be five at the back, surely. Um, who comes in? I think it'll be. I'll quickly go through it. Saar, Dawson, Kilman, Totty, because I think Santi struggled a bit against Ipswich. Did, yeah, he's flat-footed. Eight Nori left wing back. Samedo right wing back. Gomez and Lamina with Huang. I'm gonna say. Sasha is going to get the nod with Cunha. No Neto. No Neto. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Take out, uh, take sorry, out Cunha or Sasha and put Neto in. <laughs> forgot about that. Wow. You, you turn the Gary. You go into the Gary O'Neill school of yeah. I am a PT general. <laughs> Jesus Christ! How can I forget about Neto? Is the only only hope? <laughs> um, I, I think. Harry's right, isn't he, Jack? It's pretty close to what we'd, we'd all agree with. I think Sasha needs a chance up front. He's just a very, very awkward player, isn't he? And, you know, he, he just offers something a little bit different to somebody who can't hit a barn door, which is obviously Cunha. And don't even talk to me about Fabio. Yeah, yeah, I think you've got to play him if you want to try and at least get a goal. I mean, yeah. you know, he's, he has put the ball in the net this season. Yeah. I mean, well, he's head and shoulders above everybody else, but that's just due <laughs> yeah. to his height. I mean, Huang's up. Biggest goal threat, isn't he? As well, he's, he's actually had a very yeah. good scoring start to the season. Yeah. And I know his his, his uh, performances have been a bit dodgy in parts, but you, you know, we, we have needed his goals. So, yeah. um, 
yeah, I don't, I don't think that that's uh, that our attacking line is going to be giving uh, Pep any sleepless nights, though. To be brutally honest, Dan, any changes to that? Is it eight Nori left wing back, or are you looking at Bueno of the I mean, uh, Hugo's kind? As we're going to get hammered anyway, I'd go for it. I'd have eight Nori and Doherty on the two wing backs, three at the back in the middle, and just go for it. Just Wolves just, lose twelve nil. Ah well, <laughs> well it's going to be bust, isn't it? I think. We're... Damage limitation a little bit. You know what? I, I I think we could if we started Cunha, Fabio, and Kalajdzic. I still don't think we score a goal. <laughs> so we could play with three shots. Really, really optimistic. <laughs> then. Okay. You know what, lads? Actually, think about. It. I reckon we could come away with the points. But you said yeah. we could start every single striker we have. Do you think? Um, score a goal. Do you think Nunes is going to get absolute pelters? Like, do you reckon it'd be bad? Yes. Like, really hostile. Yes. And rightly yeah. so. You can't just not yeah. turn up to work. Shit you see, Pep said that he uh, exaggerated when he said he's the best player in the world. <laughs> or best we know. In the world. Yeah. <laughs> Someone got asked. Literally watched him play football. Uh, score prediction, Harry. Well, I'm going to have to get this comment up. Give me two seconds. Neil White. Neil Lewis, sorry. It's coming in, lads. It's going to be about a thousand to one, but it's coming in. Wolves four, Manchester City one. Patrick from Neto and then uh, Ababakar Troyore, late header. There we go. I'm obviously joking. We're going to lose 6 0. I was going to say, I, I think if you actually did put that bet on and won a load of money, you'd also get sectioned afterwards. Um, <laughs> so, not again. Oh, no. <laughs> Keeps happening. Let's go prediction, Jack. Uh, it, I, I, it's never usually as bad as it, it could be. So, Four Neil Man City. Yeah, right. <laughs> Never, we'll get that on the t shirt. Uh, Bayless. Uh, hello, Finners. It's about pretty much the whole thing's been about us calling him a PE teacher. Um, I'm going to be optimistic and say 3 0 Man City. We will hold out in the first half and then Pep will go, might change something here. And then they'll, the floodgates will open. I'm loving the optimism um, of <laughs> 3 4 and 6 0. Um, I, well, for me, I'm going to go with a, a draw just because I think every, no, nobody's expecting anything. I think the atmosphere will be strange at Molyneux. I think they'll be, it will start to turn and I think it may start to be a little bit toxic, but not like overly toxic. <laughs> <What's that called? laughs> read that one out. I don't know whether to oh, read, no, that read that one out. Really funny. Don't read that one out. <laughs> okay. Oh, sorry. I'll just put it on the screen. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. That is pretty funny. For the YouTube oh, watchers, that is really yes. funny. <laughs> yes. Um, no, come on. This isn't GB News. Uh, let's go get your latest betting odds and ticket news. <laughs> More like a way. <laughs> uh, I've descended. I mean, the betting odds are exactly where you expect them to be. Uh, just to put it into context, Halland, <laughs> Halland to score first, 5-0 City is 45-1. to one. I can't get over Ian's comment. Of more like a wake than a party. This this podcast. Oh, right. Sorry, Dan. Forty-five uh, to one. Yeah, eight nil Man City, two hundred to one. That's actually it's the on same, there. That's uh, it's, the same, it's the same price as Huang to score first. One nil Wolves, two hundred to one. Um, just keep going through them all. You can if you think Wolves are going to get anything. What's the draw? Then one second. Just the draw is nine to two. <laughs> you can get you nearly nine to one on Wolves. Nine to one in a two horse race. Well, we're seven, 17 to two, so just shy. Wow. It's mad to think we did the double over Man City that one year under Nuno. We're all eating our long ago now. Come next week. It would be really funny. But, yeah. I mean, have a trawl through the betting odds. It, they're ridiculous. Everything's ridiculous. Jack's got your ticket news. Yeah, so, as usual, I can't get on the ticket site because uh, it won't accept my VPN, I don't think. So, it makes it really hard to do this in real time. But I've got the away ticket information for uh, Bournemouth. So, as we all know, Bournemouth is... 
Oh, I actually suppose it's the second second smallest away end after Luton now in the Premier League. So allocation for that of 1,253. So it's only going to be snapped up by the gold away season ticket holders and mainly and then the silver away season ticket holders as well. But uh, they are on sale to the gold season ticket holders as of this Friday. And then I believe there's a ballot in place after that for the silver away STs. Uh, um, so very little chance of getting that. I saw a lot of people who were... Uh, scammering around to try and get loot and tickets but obviously with with the ground size uh no had one. Unless, you've been a, unless you've been a gold season to get holder for a long time which i'm guessing finners probably has been uh not sure um but the next away game after that which we might be able to go to or people might be able to get go to is the sheffield united game which is on my phone basically 2,800 for that, which is a bit lower than I was expecting. What's this? What's Sheffield United's capacity? I thought it was 30,000 easy. It's usually yeah, it's, it's about 30. About 20, yeah. 25, yeah, so, I thought it was. Okay, so oh. yeah, 2,800 might be 10% of that, of that then. 32,000 uh, apparently. 32,000. So we're being sold a bit short there by 200 mm. tickets, you know, because it should be 3,000 really, unless uh, there's police ruling as to why we can't. But anyway, that's on sale to the gold away season tickets as of Friday the 13th of October, the silvers as of Monday the 16th, then on the points and the ballot winners as of Wednesday the 18th of October. That game takes place yeah. on the 4th of November, by the way, Saturday. I went there in League One. Did you go, Jack? That one? Strangely enough, I, I'm thinking this through. I think Sheffield United is the only ground in the Premier League at the moment that I've not been to. I don't know why. Wow. I've just never been to it over the years, yeah. I've only ever been once, and it was that season in League One. It was their 125 year anniversary. We beat them. I think I can't remember. I think Stearman scored. I can't remember. I think we won two or two nil or two one. I can't remember. Someone in the chat might know, but yeah, same mate. That's just that one year, and I've never been again. Blimey. Um, right, we've got some news about a seven aside charity game. I'm going to hand you over to Harry, who has the details. Yeah, it's been on the social media, so we can talk about it now. Dazzling Dave from uh, I think he calls himself Always Walls TV now. Um, He's doing a charity game at the Compton, uh, the Wolves training ground for the Wolves Foundation. It's a seven-a-side tournament. So who is it? Let's go through it. Us, Talking Wolves, Always Wolves. The Wolf Whistle, by the way, who are having ex-Wolves players playing on their team. So looking forward to getting battered 17-0 in that game. Uh, the Wolves Foundation, the Wolves media team, and a few others I do forget now. Um, but it should be good, shouldn't it? I'll put a link in the description. So you can uh, donate if you fancy it, all for a good cause. And I can't wait to see Bayless get two-footed by someone off Always Wolves FC. <laughs> but don't worry, because he's going to be running around quicker than Fabio Silva because Dan has bigged up his fitness for about three years now. So we're just going to have to see if that comes into fruition. Are you feeling confident, Dan? I did have surgery about two months ago. Here How we go. convenient. Uh, here we go. I've got literally got You're not goal, mate. Do you have a brain put in, did you? Yeah, my left ankle, just the right place for it. Um, might, might, I'll have a runabout. I'll have a runabout. We've got three subs, mate, don't worry. Uh, I'm going in goal because I eat too much bread. I'm too fat. Uh, Jack, are you looking forward to it? I'm looking forward to being on the bench for most of it, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, um, yeah so I, think I, it, I, I think... should add. Oh, God, Jack, sorry. No, I was going to say, I think they've probably got a half-decent uh, squad of seven players if I'm not really involved. I think you'll be, you'll be all right, so... Yeah, so that's the the catch was it was very strict rules. So the people on our team have got to be associated with the podcast. So Mark Rhodes is on our team because he's been on the podcast. Tom Rouse is playing for us. Uh, a few more mates, Lewis and Rags, and that helped us back in the day with Turin and things like that. Seb, who used to come on the podcast before he uh, left, I ain't seen him since. This is about four no, years ago. I think <laughs> um, he can't get out the door. But Sam, you're in goal, aren't you? I don't know what your yeah. goalkeeping experience is like. Um, oh, incredible. Yeah, yeah, safe for hands. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it's all in Jose Sar, isn't it? That's yeah. Jose, literally Jose Sar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's oh. no, um, there's no slide tackles allowed and things like that. It's meant to be in good spirits. But the fact that the Wolf Whistle are going to have like Carl Henry, Henry, I always call him Henry, Carl Henry, like Stephen Hunt, David Jones, uh, Cradder, what? Ebanks Blake. That's who's going to be on his team, yeah. Because the catch is, you've got to have people who've been on your podcast. What does this podcast do? Interviews ex Wolves players. So yeah, we're in trouble that game. Yeah, I think they're well, Jarvis. Seriously, I mean to be fair, Carl. Oh, I suppose. Yeah, I'll I suppose be, I'll be careful, different... like talking down to anything, Dan, because you will be playing against them. So. Dave Edwards. The... He only stopped the... playing a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah. I bet you're still ja fitting uh, him, though, Dan. Yeah. You know, I was going to turn up, don't you? You know, I was going to turn up. Jamie O'Hara. No. No. Imagine. Imagine. No. Imagine. No. Imagine. 
after talking to him on the radio like a piece of shit the other week. You're too fucked <laughs> me into next week. Got more chance of Gabby on Abandahor turning up than O'Hara, Harry, to be fair. He'd probably just get confused and turn up. Yeah. But... No, 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 I'll, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I don't know who's playing on Jason Guy's team, but Dazzling Dave did say to me that he is he's already texted around. He's got a few ex-Wolves players playing for him, so... Hopefully, if left on the 50s. <laughs> That'd be nice, yeah. Hopefully, it's Kenny Hibbert et al. Uh, what were you going to say, Jack? Were you going to say something there? Uh, no, I think just if that is the case and they've got a, a very strong ex-footballer lineup, I suppose the, the winning team is the team that gets to the final against them. So you have to think of it like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Wolves Foundation is the winner. Obviously, uh, Finners will be on Talking Wolves. Our man Mark him. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Could run through his legs. Um, <laughs> Harry's got a quiz. I have. Is my internet holding up, lads, so we can get it through is, it? Yeah, sounds beautiful. Yeah, as I say, I'll put a link in if you want to donate to that charity in the description of some kind. So I was, uh, there's, there's, um, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. You're going to have two questions each, and the last two questions, um, so I've got 10 questions. The last two, I'm going to just get you to shout it out because they're very tough. So do you want to go in order as usual, Sam, Jack, and Bayless? Yeah, yep. All right, Sam, question one. It's a Man City v Wolves related quiz, by the way. 10th of the 4th, 2004, the famous game, Man City free, Wolves free at the Etihad. Weren't called that then. Which former Man City player put Wolves 1 0 up that day? Oh. Top bin scream rat. Sturridge? No. no, tell you what, that's good. Uh, he, he, he'd Everson, gone with him, Everson, he? is it? Anyone else want to hazard a guess before I give the shit? This was the Sean Wright Phillips game, it? was it? Sean Wright Phillips equalised for Man City. Who opened the yeah. scoring for Wolves that day? Former Man City winger scored for Wolves that day. The opener. Anyone? I can't think. No, no it was Mark, Mark Kennedy. Kennedy. Well, uh, Mark, oh, yeah. yeah. Absolute screamer, top corner. And we'll go to Jack. In the same game, Jack, yeah. former PSG, Arsenal, Real Madrid, Liverpool striker who later went on to play for Bolton, Chelsea and West Bromwich Albion scored for Man City's opening goal that day. Who was it? Anelka. Oh, well done. Very good. That Was that too many clues? I'd name like every team he played for. Good one. Bayliss. The 30th of the 10th, 2010. Wolves beat Man City 2-1. Former Arsenal, and then he later went on to play for Real Madrid and Spurs, scored for Man City that day. Who was it? Striker. 2010. Played for Arsenal, went to City, later went on to Real Madrid and Spurs. Dan is looking lovingly at the comment section. Yeah, there's a bit of a delay, so you have to answer pretty quickly because there's about yeah. a 10 second delay. But I don't know. Those are the sort of years where I was pissed. Anyone else want to guess? No idea. I wasn't Famous listening to the question, Harry, Harry I'll be honest. <laughs> played, played at I, Man City um, and Tottenham and Real Madrid. He, he was at Arsenal, went to Man City, then he Adi went Bayor. to Madrid on loan. Yes, Adebayor, yes. Well done. You Good comments. Well done, Wolves FI. Oh, uh, I was going to say, the sure. other one in the comments. Fern Cotton. <laughs> <laughs> question number four, back round to, to Sam. In that game, who scored the winner? So 30th of October... Sorry, yeah, 30th October 2010, Wolves won 2-1. Who scored the winner midfielder for Wolves that day, 2010? Uh, i got Dave Edwards in my head. Wow, Sorry. well done. Yes, Dave Edwards. The opener was the Serbian. Oh, Milias. yeah. Milias, yeah. I said, yeah. Jack, October 2019, the famous game when Adama Traore got the double. What number shirt was he wearing when he scored the two goals that day? Oh, oh, I think I'm, I'm, cr I'm crap at shirt numbers. I'm guessing it's the same number that he wore the whole time he was here, but as to what it was. It's double <laughs> figures, isn't it? 18. 37. Ooh, is it 37? No. Yeah. I it is 37. <laughs> like, yeah. That's not even close. Like, I'm rubbish at <laughs> shirt numbers. Right. <laughs> Bayless. Wolves FIs on fire in the comments. Um... 27th for the 12th, 2019 Bayliss. Wolves beat Manchester City 3-2 after coming from behind the 2-0 down. Who got sent off for Manchester City that day? Uh, Edison, the keeper. 
Yes, well done. I didn't think you'd get that. Because you are shit at quizzes. Uh, back round to... <laughs> I'm good at other quizzes. I'm just at this one. Yeah. Back round to Sam. 11th for the 5th, 2022. Wolves lost 5-1 to Manchester City. Kevin De Bruyne scored four. Who scored Manchester City's other goal that day? Foden? Oh, no. Good guess. It was... Anyone want to guess? Um, blank that on my mind. Ben Gundogan. Silver. Who said that? Someone said? Silver. Which said one? Silver. No, it's Sterling. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jack, who scored Wolves' goal that game? Oh, I can't bloody remember, Harry. Have a guess. 2019, midfielder. 2019. I was um set oh. Sorry. Nevis. No. Den Donker. Uh, okay. Right. It's one one one. I've got two questions left. Technically Bailey should have another question. The last two questions are like clues. They're former ma- so it's they're very hard. Bailey, do you want to have this one on your own to try and win it? Yeah, let him have that, yeah. And if not, it's a draw. Which Roman wall? No, so Man City. (laughs) um, Bayliss, who is this player? Name him. He played for Manchester City between 2003 and 2004, made two appearances with zero goals. And then he went on to play for Wolves in 2007-2008 season. 29 appearances, four goals. Who is it? So he played for Man City... He played for Man City in 0304, made two appearances. Played for Wolves in 07, 08, 29 appearances, four goals. That's difficult. Cool, that's hard. I said they're hard. Mm. It's a draw. What's the year again? What's the year again? 07, 08 for Wolves. Yeah, I think it's McCarthy era. Yeah. Do you want me to tell you his position to make it easier? Nah, I'm struggling there, mate. A striker, anybody can't think of Man City unless, like, like, so like, unless like Colton Cole ended up no. at Man City for a couple of games. Like, no, know. Carlton Cole played for a few years before that. It was Stephen Elliott, nah, oh, wow. Stephen. So, so at the moment, it's one, one, one. I've got one question left. The first person to shout it out wins. Here we it's go. A similar this sort of question. Here we go. Played for Man City in the 1991 until 1996. 174 appearances, 11 goals. He then played for Wolves from 1996 to 2000. 150 appearances, 10 goals. Defender. First person to get it wins. Don't look at the comments. Osborne. No, he's a defender. When Osborne a midfielder. Yeah, I know. I'm just guessing players from that era. Uh... He was a centre-half. O'Neill out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh is it Keith Curl? Curl? Is that what the, the, the comments? Stu Autumn Wolf thinks Keith Curl. That is the right answer. Well done, Stu Autumn well Wolf. Done, None Stuart. of you win. Great guess. I'll All tell you what, point. Stuart, for that, contact us on Twitter. You can have a quiz book for free because that's unreal knowledge. Yeah, that is very good. Keith Curl, yeah. Play for Man City for five years and play for Wolves for four years. No one won, then you all drew. Everyone's, Drew, a everyone's a winner. Excellent. Okay. Um, we will put a link if you do want to donate for the uh, charity game. Uh, we will make sure that we film all of Bayless's highlights and spread them around to whoever wants to see them. Uh, we'll say goodbye to Harry Munson. Say again, Bayless. It's literally just going to be like, it's going to be Fabio Silva's highlights. I'll run about for about 40 minutes. Hope the opposition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Goodbye. Just quickly, uh, there'll be more, way more details about that game on Monday because got to go to Molyneux for something to do with it. So it's like a draw, a bit like a Champions League draw. Um, it's a tournament oh, format. So yeah, yeah. It's like a chat. It's like a bit of a draw. We know what colour kit we've got, and I'm sure what? Dazzling Day will release. So, like the club are involved. The club have sorted out all the officials, the you know the ambulances and all that. So lovely. What 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 colour <laughs> kit have we got, Harry? I don't know. It's a draw. It's like oh, you get gets pulled out the hat. Okay, is yeah, that going to be yeah. live streamed or you know, is going to be on? I after, don't know. After the news on Sky Sports, 
Right. It will be on uh, BBC WM. Awesome sound. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, goodbye from Jack Williams. Bye. That's a goodbye from Dan Bayliss. Goodbye. And it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.